welcome back to Auntie Please, where we are everything we want to be, nothing you want us to be, and so much more. I'm Shia, and with me is... Lama! Before we get started, I wanted to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land in which I'm recording from, the Bonmorong and Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, past, present, and emerging. Sovereignty was never ceded. This was and always will be Aboriginal land. So today, we spoke to Jasmine King, aka Jazz Explains on Instagram. Um, she comes on and if you're familiar with her work, we talk about all things to do with uh, sex, sexual education, consent and boundaries. Um, pleasure was a big one we spoke about. What else did we speak about, Lama? We spoke about why it's important for us to be sex positive advocates, not just, you know, on Instagram and on social media, but within our own lives and within our own relationships. Um, the role that social media plays in terms of sexuality education um, in our communities in Malaysia. And yeah, like you said, lots of things about um, pleasure in terms of our sexuality. And I think we spoke a lot about the context in which that we are in, you know, so as Asian women um, from Malaysia. So yeah, it was a very interesting interview. You get lots of tips on sexual health, on sexual pleasure. So pro tips, guys. Don't miss out. Listen to the end because that's where it's at. Yeah, absolutely. So without further ado, people. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Jasmine. Hello everyone, today we are joined by Jasmine King aka Jess Explains on Instagram and before we get her to introduce herself, we're going to jump straight into the rapid fire questions to get a little sneak peek into her life. Lama, take it away. Mm -hmm. So it's very simple, I'm just going to ask you a series of questions and you just respond with your reflex answer. Okay, ready? Yes. All right. Roti chanai or nasi lemak? Roti chanai. Chakwitel or chicken rice? Chakwitel. Coffee or tea? Tea or me. Why <laughs> oh, she's so flirty? I can't. <laughs> um, favorite cocktail? Uh, uh, Long Island. Yes. Oh, yes. Going for the hard ones. Yeah. Um, <laughs> would you rather never get angry or never be envious? Never be envious. Hmm. What is the best advice you have received? Be someone you needed when you were growing up. If you die tomorrow, could you die in peace? So have you lived a satisfying life or do you have regrets? I think I could die in peace. I have talk about sex and I'm happy. <laughs> what's one great thing to come out of the COVID-19 pandemic for you my ability to moderate and to host and to do my own workshops which I've done a lot online mm, nice. yeah so good favorite memory of 2021 so far Ooh, finally having my satay after being super like wanting satay. That was that happened last night, so that's my favorite memory. Wow. <laughs> Craving for satay, finally got them. Why? Why haven't you like had them before, like in a while? 
Uh, I don't know. I just never, never went to a place with satay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Nice. I'm very happy for you. <laughs> uh, would you rather know the uncomfortable truth of the world or believe in a comfortable lie? Uncomfortable truth. Hey, would I rather know or uncomfortable truth? Yes. Yes. Okay. Last question. And it's a spicy one. What's your biggest turn on? My biggest turn on for some reason is is guys doing domestic chores. So like, Ooh. like you know, like the <laughs> pulling, pushing the cart in the, in the, in the, in the <laughs> you know, cleaning or telling me that I washed the laundry, I washed the dishes. As I like, yes, fuck me now. Yes. <laughs> this is this is so relatable. Okay, I just. I like this is exactly what happened to me maybe like half an hour ago. I just come back home after teaching like four classes back to back and I left the house in the morning and I was like, "Oh my god, I, we need to come and clean all of this." And I come back. I came back home and it's spick and span and my and I'm like looking for where my man is. I'm like, "Wait, where are you?" And he's like <laughs> gathering all the cardboard and he has like jeans on and he's going downstairs to put it in the trash. I'm like, "This is my love language." Right here, I was. <laughs> Sometimes when I meet my my partner as well, and he's like, "I've cleaned the room." And I was like, mm. "Like in, just, mm-hmm. but you know, just in time for you to be here." I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> "That's really hot." <laughs> <laughs> we love a man with a mop. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> oh, a nice voice. Okay. Sorry, I just yes. put that in. Sucker voice. Gotta have that. Wait, sucker for what? voices really good voices oh, like oh yes really good voices yeah that's why clubhouse fascinates me dude i need to get on clubhouse man like i cannot like the fomo is so real and i'm so yeah. frustrated like i just need to get a new iphone like not a new like i just need to get a new phone which is an iphone i don't have an iphone like, yeah. samsung so. is not cutting it anymore it's my friend's ipad so like i don't have either of those so i'm like gotta uh, do i gotta gotta deal with mm-hmm. <laughs> I wish I had any of that. It's okay. I'll survive. I'll live. Um, okay. So now that we're done with the rapid fire questions, tell us, Jasmine, who are you and what do you do? What does your day to day look like? Yeah. Okay. So my name is Jasmine King. I am a sex positive advocate, speaker, and educator. I love talking about. I love raising awareness about sexual empowerment. I just love talking about sexual empowerment and pleasure. And really, my whole thing is sex education for adults and pushing for Asian voices when it comes to uh, Asian voices and narratives when it comes to sex and sexuality and pleasure. So that's my main thing that I love doing. And so I run a page on Instagram called Jess Explains, and I also have my own podcast called I Wish Someone Told Me. And um, that's basically my big passion. But if you're asking what's my day job is I work for a talent agency as a talent manager. And I also, um, with a talent agency, we also do uh, women empowerment events and workshops and retreats. And I am part of the organizing team for that. So, yeah. Nice. Nice. She's doing it all. Yeah. It is a lot. How do you, like, how, how and why? Well, we sort of got into why just now, but how did you start um becoming an advocate i started becoming an advocate because i was 28 and i felt like i didn't have anything that i can call my own 
So like everyone, you know, as a talent manager, your talents, my talents range from like their specialists or their coaches or their actors, mm. um, models and whatnot. And they all use their talents in order to sort of do something out of, you know, like to achieve something that's their dream, right? And, you know, and I find that really inspiring. But so much of my sense of self is so connected to my work that I just wanted to create something that is outside of my work um, that I am super passionate in. So, you know, like I kind of instead of looking forward and looking what I can do next, I kind of look backwards and see what is was that like, what are the, the topics I was interested in so that I know that I will make sure I'll start something and not stop it. So I've always been interested in sexual education and sexual health ever since I was really young, because I think it's very, very important. Um, and, you know, growing up in Sabah, a lot of the my schoolmates with the area that I was in, a lot of them had unwanted pregnancies. And so a lot mm. of the girls had to leave school. And so that's where mm. the lack of sex education kind of comes comes in, not just for the girls, of course, but also for the boys. So I've always been passionate in sex education and I kind of marry that with my skill, which is, you know, community building, you know, normalizing conversation, talking to people, presenting and emceeing and also research skills. So that's where the Instagram page kind of comes in and it just became like a whole advocacy work thing. And then I kind of dubbed myself a sex positive advocate in that regard. So... Yeah, that's how it started. So three years on, I'm still here. Nice. You certainly built quite a empire for yourself, I would say. And like, just looking at your Instagram on its own, like, like there's so many, so many, like a lot of my friends, like know who you are and like know of your page, like without me even saying, because like you've had like that much of a reach and like, I can definitely say if you've helped a lot of people with the work that you've done as well. Um... Okay, so on the note of being a sex-positive advocate, why be a sex-positive advocate? Like, why should we all be sex-positive advocates? So I guess, like, to answer that question, I think we kind of have to look into the meaning behind what is sex positivity, right? Mm -hmm. So sex positivity, essentially, if someone who is sex-positive that person believes that sex is a natural thing, that there is nothing shameful to, to enjoy pleasure, to, en to enjoy sexual empowerment, to be empowered in your body. There's no shame in celebrating your body, whatever the size, whatever how it looks like. And in saying that, celebrating your body is also looking into the different parts of your body. It's like sort of celebrating that, okay, understanding that we have different breast sizes. We have different, our genitals look differently. Our vulvas look differently. Our penises look differently. And this is normal and there's nothing to be ashamed of society has told us for the longest time that you know if you don't look a certain way if you don't have the pornography version of a penis or a vulva there's something wrong with you and so someone who's sex positive actually will say no there's nothing wrong with you you know the the ones that you see in pornography is one type but you know there's so many the the things that you need to celebrate and masturbation is not something shameful sex education is important and understanding that knowledge is there to empower you know by imparting knowledge on sexual health and sex education and our body and empowerment and all this stuff um it's not to encourage people to have sex but it's to empower them so that they know how to have sex safely so so that's why like, as a sex positive advocate, I advocate for all these things, right? Like I advocate for knowledge, I advocate for information, I advocate for safe sex because it's so important. And anyone can be an advocate, 
too. Anyone can be sex positive. You don't have to have sex to be a sex positive person. Mm. You, know? you don't have to have your own children to be sex positive. Anyone can do. And at whatever age, I was sex positive ever since I was 14, 13. So, yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of the times, the more you know about something, the less your curiosity tends to get the better of you and the more informed you are the better choices you make for yourself and you can understand the like risks and consequences of the thing and I think that's the whole premise of um being sex positive and being like an advocate for people getting um you know sexuality education because then you understand all the things that come when you come when it comes to having sex and all the different types of sex you can have and I feel like that just makes the person whatever the age they are just a lot more comfortable with kind of knowing what's going to happen and they don't have to go into this like blindly and that way like it takes away a lot of bad things from happening things like abusive relationships things like situations of grooming or situations where people don't really understand what giving proper consent is so yeah I definitely love being sex positive as a person in general and I love that you know a lot of like as time goes on, we're getting a lot more people within our Asian communities that are being more vocal about being um, sex positive advocates. So love that. How did you build your platform? Like, did you have to go through a learning curve or did you sort of take little bits and pieces of what you do in your sort of day job and then put it into this work as well? I think a little bit of everything. I mean, um, it helps that I kind of have a background into how to build a brand. Um, mm. But I feel like anybody who sort of has an, uh, who follows other influencers or other accounts on Instagram or social media kind of have an idea on how to kind of build this brand, how to kind of, you know, but I feel like um, learning about from your mistakes um, is one thing. Also, having a background is another. But the most important thing is that you stick to with your purpose, right? What? Why do you do what you do? Because you know, and what? What really? What fires you up? Because if you come from a place where I want to be a sex positive advocate, or I want to be an influencer, or I want to do this because I want to get attention, I want to get like power, I want to get popularity, um, I want to get money. You're not, you're not going to be happy until you get all of those. And anyone who is in advocacy work or who is running an Instagram page or a social media page or a YouTube page, whatever it is, knows that that's not easy, right? You're not going to get money just like that. You're not going to get popularity just like that. There's a lot of work into that. So really understanding what is your purpose. So like in my case, my purpose was going back to the quote earlier, be someone you needed when you were growing up. And when I was younger, I didn't have anybody that I can turn to that looked like me from the same space as me, from Malaysia or Asia, um, who understands the whole like taboo and and cultural thing about, you know, you can't just go out because like all this American or like international um, sex educators, they, they would be like, a safe sex is important. Just go out there, just buy a condom. What's the problem? But well, we can't do that in our society, in our community, right? We can't just go out there and buy a condom. Everyone's going to look at you and we can't just have sex at our house. We can't bring boys or, you know, girls in just like that. So yeah. like, um, so that was what was lacking when I was growing up. And so I felt like now as an adult, I am in the space where I can kind of talk about these things, having my own experiences, but also being comfortable enough and confident enough to talk about this so um yeah so that was my why i feel like there's a niche in malaysia or in asia specifically in malaysia nobody's talking about it and i wanted to talk about it and i wanted to be there for people and just 
knowing that I change one person's life, having someone to come to me and go like, I want to share with you. I want, I want to save space and I'm, I can offer that. And then having them to be like, you've really helped me in some ways that just like, that fulfills me because had I look at popularity, I'm never going to be fulfilled. But now I'm looking at, am I giving something to society and giving back Is society, one person happy and yeah. So, so yeah, I'm going round and round, but basically like it's understanding your why, what is your purpose? And then from there you can then really build and popularity is not going to be very important. The number of likes are, they're good, they're great, but at the end of the day, yeah. the impact. Yeah. Well, I can yeah. definitely say that you've definitely helped me on a personal level. I remember there was one time there was something that you posted. I'm not going to disclose what it was, but there was something that you posted like a while back and it was something that's like not really common and I thought that, like, I was the only one, and I didn't know how to explain what was, like, what I was experiencing. And and then you posted about it, and I was like, oh, my God, this is exactly what I've been feeling. And I was like, wow, like, it's an actual thing. And even just having that, you know, like Lama was saying, you know, having that knowledge is powerful because at least you know what it is. And then you're better able to, like, you know, either make choices or come to terms with things or, like, accept things about yourself. And, yeah, that was a... Yeah, that was a important moment for me because I felt quite isolated, especially because I couldn't really talk about it to like anyone. Um, but yeah, thank you. <laughs> you need to let um, me know after the show what that was. I yeah, know. No, yeah, I'll tell you after. Too. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you after. I'm not going to disclose it to the whole world. <laughs> but yeah, I'll tell you after. <laughs> like knowledge is so important. We're so afraid of telling people sometimes because it's like there's a lot of shame connected to it. But mm. you know, I, I wish like I mean from in my case it was boundaries and consent. So like yeah. the longest time I always thought that, you know, I need to I don't I cannot be rude. You know, as as young girls, we're always told like you cannot be rude, you have to be safe, you have to like do do do, do whatever, whatever. And then you know, I I always felt guilty if someone were to ask me something and then I like I don't want to my gut was saying no but you know I gave anyway because I don't want to be rude and you know and then then I learned about consent I learned about boundaries I learned that it's not my fault if they did something and then you know because I'm always like but I went into his car but I went to his house you know and then there's a lot of shame and you know but then I'm like why am I so concerned about not wanting to insult them or not wanting to the situation to be awkward and care so much about the emotions and feelings when they don't even give a shit about what I feel, mm. you know? So that's where the consent and boundary is so important and we don't talk about that enough. And so yeah. I'm, such, I'm so big on consent and boundaries. Yeah, I feel like yeah. even Lama and I Three. were just talking about it like yesterday. <laughs> just yesterday. I feel like it's, we're constantly talking about it. Like everyone's always talking about it and it's so like... It just highlights what a necessity it is, like, especially in Malaysia, especially within, like, amongst, like, young people, you know, and, yeah. And I think the difficult, the difficult thing is taking accountability for when you make a mistake. And I think we're just not good at doing that as well. People think that when someone puts a boundary in place or rejects you or rejects a certain action that you're doing that suddenly they reject you wholeheartedly as a person. But like, in fact, it's not that it's just in that moment. Like, I don't really want to do this right now could change the future. Who knows? But that's not up for us to discuss right now. And I feel like it's just, yeah, I could talk about consent and boundaries for like 3000 hours because there's just so much. And I feel like in, especially in 
like i don't know whether it's a malaysian thing or just a gender thing or the context that we live in but a lot of the times it's like when someone plays when someone says no you think that they're playing hard to get and they're just trying to like mm. see how far you can push it when in reality it's like i'm actually trying to say no <laughs> stop trying to yeah. force me or like coerce me into saying yes like it's not going to change so yeah and i feel like people always think no is a challenge to like what can you do to make me say yes when it's just like no just take it as it is like um, no means no that's it it's as simple yeah. as that and boundaries can be a sexy thing too you know that's yeah. what a lot of people forget you know it could be kind of like okay well i don't want to do anal but let's do something else let's let's yeah. like touch each other certain way or can i touch you this way you know like asking for consent is also like can i touch you here yeah yeah it's hot it we love consent yeah when we think about consent and boundaries it's all about like no 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 but consent is also about like hey do you like it if i kiss you this way is this okay mm-hmm, is mm-hmm, my mm-hmm. you okay yeah. you know dude like that's fucking hot man sorry i don't know if you can swear here but you can swear <laughs> no you can absolutely <laughs> please the more the better <laughs> yeah 100 oh my god i had i had um I had someone tell me this once and I was like this is great because this is how you negotiate boundaries in a safe place with your like partner and stuff and someone was like um so the partner asked the girl and he was like um what do you think about us you know watching porn together and then person was like obviously took them out like off guard and they were like hmm let me think about it and let me come back to you And this person actually did think about it. You know, not like when you say you think about it and then you just forget it and completely disregard that the fact that your partner is trying to engage in something fun and different with you. And then she went back to this person and was like, "Okay, look. I just think I'm not ready for that yet because I think we masturbate very differently and people masturbate differently. Some people it's like a whole experience for them and some people are there to just get their nut and go. I'm like the latter <laughs> because I have stuff to do and I don't have time. But some people it's an experience and she was saying she's like I just feel like we both have very different experiences but I wouldn't mind for example you touching yourself and then me making out with you at the same time. And it's like I think there are so many different things where it's very easy to like reject like when your partner like wants to try something different with you and like immediately you're like oh my god I don't know if that but it's good to kind of take some time to actually think like oh maybe not this but there's actually something else that I've been thinking about that I've been wanting to do for so long and I would love to try this with you and this is a good place to start. So yes, I totally agree. Like consent and boundaries can be really sexy and it's a good way to like check in on your partner and see if they're actually having a good time. Yeah. yeah. So it's a very important <laughs> communication skill to have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a question on that that I'm just remembering. So I heard this a while back and I don't know how true or like appropriate it is, but um so in situations like that when you're trying to like negotiate, right? Like and say like your partner suggests something to you, um that you should never say never at the start like at least um you know be open to the idea even if like you kind of know that like deep down inside you it's probably still going to be a no but like you shouldn't put up that wall so immediately when your partner suggests something and that you should on some level at least sit with it for a bit or like actually think about it or like actually consider it or something um instead of just like putting up that wall immediately is that something that you should be doing or is it not necessary or yeah what are your thoughts i believe um i believe that if it's a hard no it should be a no from the beginning because i feel like 
if it's like if it's it, it goes against um everything that you believe in and you know for sure that it's a no by mm. saying something like i'll give it a thought would then put a bit more pressure onto yourself it's going to stress you out because you're mm. just like i already know it's a no but i'm saying like you know boundaries is something that's non-negotiable in a sense where if it's a hard no it's a hard no and you should say that mm. from the get go so that you mm. know you won't be stressed and that they won't expect something mm. you know yeah. if if i mean i do believe in keeping things open so yeah. like if it's i i do believe in like okay that's probably like that's a hard no like you know for example um if you're if you really like threesomes are your thing and you mm. for sure because you see sex as something that's very that's very intimate that's like between you and your partner and you don't find pleasure in threesomes and everything like that so you know it's a hard no then you should say from the get go it's really hard no i think it goes against my values it goes mm. against how i view things like, like deal breakers like a deal breaker sort of thing yeah. but then alternatively you can say like but i actually don't mind if you want to watch like a threesome porn video together with yeah. me or like we just talk about fantasies like a threesome mm. fantasy sort of thing so you know like kind of like finding ways of kind of finding a middle ground but also acknowledging and really putting your foot down on something that is really going against your own personal values mm. so, yeah so that's what i feel and also like it reduces the stress right because if you you're going to say like oh i think about it and i let you know and everything like that yeah you're going to be stressed and you're going to hate the conversation and you're going to be upset because you're like you should know yeah that's what i feel i don't know but what about you lama yeah. yeah i think i i think it's yeah like you said very situational there are things that i know are my hard nose and i know that i'm never going to change that ever and for me i think the fact that if for example someone gets asked the question and you're in a partnership and you know something's a hard no you should be able to feel comfortable enough with your partner to be able to say like actually this is one of those things that I don't think I you know feel like I want to try um but we can do this or like this is just a non-negotiable for me it doesn't align with my values mm. but and I feel like the fact that if someone has to say I'll think about it because they're just like, they don't feel safe in being able to say no at the end should be a premise to think about what type of relationship they have with this person, whether they feel wholeheartedly safe enough to like be able to express, you know, any boundaries, you know, and because it's like, if you can't, if you feel like you're going to be upsetting the person or being like rude and, um, you know, there's a, there's a way to do it nicely, of course, but if you're saying no and you feel like this person's going to react badly, then I think it's important to think about the relationship you're in. And if this person yeah. actually cares about you enjoying your time in whatever that sexual act is, you know, like it's not just a one way thing. Like, yes, you may want to do something for your partner because it makes them feel good, but you should also feel good doing it for them. Um, it's not just like, oh, I have to do this because they like it and I feel obliged to do this, you know? Don't sacrifice um, yourself for just because like don't sacrifice your values and who you are um just because mm -hmm. you're like die die want to pleasure the other person yeah, of course yeah. like both sides and also understanding that like if they know for sure that you're not into it like they will respect that but if they don't respect mm -hmm. it then it's kind of like you kind of need to see who they are as a person yeah it's a red flag 
yeah when when you are trying to say no to them i mean you can do it like respectfully you can be like i'm so yeah. thankful that you shared this with me and this must be like a vulnerable thing and you're super curious but i don't think at this point like i don't it's not my thing but let's do mm-hmm. something else instead you know just be respectful about it you don't yeah. have to be a dick about it like what no yeah. like what the hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so much i say to person yeah. yeah, and I feel like reacting like that brings a lot of shame into like your sex lives as well, and it sort of like makes the other person feel exactly like you said. Like now they can't be vulnerable and share things that they are curious about anymore, and it gets them to close off. And we definitely don't want that, you know. So there are absolutely ways that you can respond to a partner nicely. So yeah, yeah. Thank you for answering that question. <laughs> um. Next question, um, tell us about the role of social media, um, the role social media plays in comprehensive sexuality education, or CSE for short. Um, your own platform has been on Instagram for like a while now. How do you think that makes a difference with getting the information out there in a safe and accessible way? It definitely makes a whole huge, huge difference. I mean, especially like, um, especially during COVID where everyone's stuck mm. at home you know, social media plays a big role in, uh, in sort of sharing the information. And I realized that ever since last year, there's so many sex positive pages in Malaysia. So Malaysian-based sex positive pages are popping everywhere. And I'm so mm-hmm. excited to see that a lot of sex toy stores kind of popping mm-hmm. in and um, play such a big role. It's like, I think like as, as, pe- as human beings, we're very visual. So like we're very visual and we love a good like, like a pretty picture or more so than that we also love like research and really niching it down so like whatever research that we have really put niching it down to like our community issues or like our narratives as Malaysian or as Southeast Asian and um, that helps that helps a lot so and the fact that we can share our posts around also was really cool and yeah I, I don't know like I can't say much because, yeah, yeah, we all know the, the what social media does. But long story short, it's amazing. It helped me. I love it. And I get to meet <laughs> you girls. And it's true social media. <laughs> I knew about Ram's podcasting. So, yeah. yeah. And it's true. Yeah, so did we. We saw it on the Instagram page too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Awesome. I love it. Nice. So do you have a specific range of topics that you discuss and how is there a way for you to understand how broad you want to get or how specific you want to get? Or is that something that you sort of keep open? I well, basically, I have like a pillar, I call it a topic pillar. So like my Mm -hmm. main pillars are sex positivity or just like sex um, pleasure is a huge thing and also body confidence or body love that's like my three main ones so like you'll see a theme so those are my three themes and it goes over and over again so if I don't talk about sex I don't talk about relationship mostly talk about body confidence or you know like celebrating different parts of my bodies like I've I talk about like being insecure with my belly or like being insecure with my breasts you know like you should celebrate breasts like big boobs are amazing but someone with big boobs you know there's so many things that I face where I just felt uncomfortable and Mm. you know and then kind of like saying all that and then it's really nice to to see that like a lot of people resonated with it so that particular post about the breast I was quite surprised that I got like a lot of um 
like a lot of people resonated with it. So that was really that was really cool. So yeah, so those three pillars. So really like, but my my huge main thing is pleasure and boundaries and consent, especially female pleasure. We don't we don't hear a lot of that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So speaking of pleasure, um, it's kind of like moving on into like the next like section of this. Um, so it's always it's one thing to talk about sex and like sexual education from a very like protective and like functional point of view, right? So meaning that we're trying to like reduce unwanted pregnancies, STIs, and like risky behavior, all of which is like it's very clear that that's very important, right? Um. But I feel like the next step, in my opinion, is being able to talk about pleasure. Um, and that's something that that I feel I would kind of put on a higher level of, um, how to say, like, people tend to be more shameful or, like, shy to talk about pleasure. Um, and But that's also, like, a very important part of, like, sexual education, in my opinion. Because if you're not having pleasure, if you're not enjoying yourself while you're having sex, then you're not having sex, you know, like, you're supposed to be enjoying it, that's why you do it, you know, besides the more functional, um, like, use, like, reproduction, for example, so why do you think that's a thing, that we find it so hard to talk about pleasure when it comes to sex and sexual education? Well, I guess because as a society, um, and not just the Asian society, I guess, like, the whole world even, like, community as a society as a whole. Um, pleasure is something shameful. It's something that is, that that if you do experience pleasure, it means that you're a slut or you're promiscuous mm. because there's something wrong, especially as women. I think with men, pleasure is celebrated, right? Like, the penis and penis pleasure and pornography Especially mainstream mm-hmm. pornography focuses so much on male pleasure, but less so on female pleasure. So, as women, like there's something we're always told to close our legs, to be proper mm. ladies, to not dress a certain way to attract attention. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of shame, there's a lot of stigma, there's a lot of taboo surrounding pleasure, especially female pleasure, and it's it's so important that that sh- that should be we should break that right. And in saying that, also. Female pleasure is one thing, but female sexuality is, in general is like a huge thing that we don't talk about. Mm. So much so, like, you know, so like, you know, now I'm going into um, FGM, FGM, female gender mutilation or something. Fe- like. Female genital F-G-M, mutilation. Yeah. Female yeah. gender mutilation, genital. Um, <laughs> when we think about like, um, when we think about um, like, what's sunat in English? I forgot <laughs> Circumcision. Circumcision. I mean, that's like genital mutilation, right? Like for for like Mm. boys, like you kind of cut, you kind of do something to the genitals. It's more about clean cleanliness, right? It's all about cleanliness, a culture for men. Yes, yes. Women. Oh. No, for men. Oh, for men. men yeah, for yeah. men, like, circumcision is about cleanliness, you know, when the boy mm-hmm. gets older. And also, it's, like, cultural thing. For, mm-hmm. for female gender uh, genital mutilation, it's also a cultural thing, but it's mostly related to them not want, not being promiscuous. So, mm-hmm. like, it's all, it's about, like, kind of cutting the clitoris or cutting the, like, the labia or having a bit of a cut. Doing something that makes the vulva ugly. That's what I, I learned um, when I was listening to uh, about, about the topic, female yeah, yeah. 
revolution on BFM. So, you know, like, so like pleasure as a whole is so taboo. It's like stigmatized. It's very shameful. So I guess that's why we don't really talk about it as much. And we should talk about it as much. Yeah. I feel like it just, it continuously highlights like the role of like the patriarchy and the into like suppressors and like suppressed women and like our pleasure and like the things that we actually want to do, like the slightest indication of us wanting to do something that kind of matches men or like wanting to do something that brings us joy and happiness or like independence, you know, anything along those lines. And, um, you know, all these things that kind of threaten um, or make men feel inferior in some way. The second that happens... It's like, oh, we got to shut it down. We got to, like, do something to, like, keep these women in check and, like, put them in their place. And I feel like policing women's bodies and, you know, and their pleasure is just one of the one of the many ways that it's just so evident in our society. Like, globally, not just, like, in Malaysia or anything. Like, you see it globally. Like, FGM is practiced, like, globally. Um, and... Yeah, it's unfortunate and it just, like, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. Yeah, and and I also found out that a lot of, well, not a lot, I can't speak for, like, all the women, but I did have a few participants in my workshop when I was talking about female pleasure. They were very surprised that women ourselves can feel pleasure because they Mm. thought that sex is only for the men. And so, like, a lot of them, you know, they only had sex after marriage. So, um they were very surprised that we have such a thing as a clitoris and the clitoris is sole purpose is for pleasure. So they didn't know that. And I was just going to ask, yeah, whether that's true or not, that, you know, it's a the thing. clitoris, like it has no other evolutionary function except for pleasure. So you tell me why it's there. It has a reason and that's pleasure, full stop. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, all, it's only thing is pleasure and it's like, it's twice the amount of nerve endings than of a penis, right? A penis has 4,000 nerve endings. A clitoris has uh, 8,000 nerve endings. A very, very small thing has 8,000 nerve endings. Um, and so, like, and it interacts with all the different nerves within our bodies. And we have a whole erection system, the fe- uh, the vulva erection system, um, mm-hmm. a whole process. So, like, it's interesting. And so our, our whole genital and our, like, sexual organ or arousal, it's so unique. It's so intertwined. It's, it's, I, want, I don't want to use the word complicated, but that's like, it's, it's very networked. It's highly networked. Mm. You know, that's why it takes, that's why our orgasms are really, really powerful because it really interacts with our whole body system down there. Um, not to say that penises, the orgasm in penises are not amazing or strong or whatever, but I mean, compared to ours, it's double the amount. So, <laughs> y'all got nothing mm. on. <laughs> <laughs> And yet, statistically, when it comes to the pleasure gap, so pleasure gap meaning the gap we're in that we oh have my, orgasm, orgasm gap, yeah, orgasm gap, um, especially during partner sex, the number of people who have the most orgasms in partner sex are actually straight men with ninety five percent. Tell me why. <laughs> and then uh, followed by gay gay men, gay or bisexual mm-hmm. men, and then lesbian women, and then bisexual and, women, and yeah. then. Us, like straight women. Well, I mean, assuming, um, I mean, yes, for straight women. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this doesn't, at first, I'm like, it doesn't make sense. But then I'm also like, that makes sense. 
because yeah. it does make a lot of sense. We're so focused on penile and vaginal penetration because mm. that's what we were told that the penis is everything, a penetration is everything. But no, dude, like so much more to sex than just penetration. We need to change that narrative. Yeah, yeah. change it I now. S- <laughs> I swear, when people in, I think especially people in heterosexual relationships realize that partnered sex does not just have to be like for it to count as sex it doesn't have to be like penetration only oh my god your world is going to open you're gonna just like you're gonna your mind is gonna be blown you're gonna be like wow i can do that i can do this like you the list just goes on and i feel like having diverse sexual experiences makes things you know constantly spicy and new and that way you don't fall into like the same sexual script which basically means like the same pattern each and every time and it just keeps things new and like keeps you being excited about your own sex life you know and it's very easy to fall into like a script when we get tired when we also get very complacent but I think constantly you know yeah trying to focus on our pleasure and you know think about different ways to to do different things and try different things it's just gonna make life better okay the more orgasms you have the happier you are the more your skin glows you know just and even if you don't have orgasm it's also it's also valuing or celebrating the whole journey right sometimes it's not about the destination it's yeah, the journey yeah. and how you know, and the whole journey makes you feel safe and comfortable and special yeah. and wanted and celebrated. So yeah. yeah, and it's I was just gonna add it's such a thing when like people feel like they're disappointing their partners when they can't orgasm or they can't yes. make them orgasm. But like it's not like sex is more than that, you know. Like you were saying, like it's not everything. It's the journey. It's like the connection that you feel with someone. It's like the enjoyment. It's the um. It's the healthiness of everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's all of that. Um, yeah. yeah. Don't listen to porn, guys. This is what this is what happens when you watch porn and porn becomes your your sexual education. Like it's all a lie. Unless it's ethical porn where the yeah. female pleasure <laughs> is prioritized. Um but again, like there are so many different types of porn, right? Mainstream porn is just yeah. one type of porn and some people like that sure but also understanding that there's so many multiple types of pornography out there out there and mainstream porn is just not one um yeah yeah, yeah and yeah, just mainstream, mainstream porn yes yeah and also kind of talk to people i mean that this is the main thing we don't communicate with our partners enough to know to ask them what do you like Right? We're so focused on what we learn in pornography. We're so focused mm-hmm. on what our previous partner like. That when we, our current partner, we're just like, what do you like? What are you interested in? What would you like? So that's why there's this thing called, I don't know if you ladies have, ladies have heard of yes, no, maybe list. So it is kind of Whoa. like... It's like kink list. So you, you can like Google yes, no, maybe list, kink list. Um, and it's basically like a list. And you can also make it yourself. So it's basically like a list of all the different types of kinks or from vanilla sex all the way to like kinky stuff. So it could mm. be like inside the list, there's like handcuffs, blindfold, spanking, choking. And then like you kind of, the list you swap with your partner. And then your partner... <laughs> You kind of like put, like, is it is uh, slapping a yes? Is it a no? Mm. Is it a maybe? Mm. But if it's a yes, it means that, oh shit, like that person, my partner is into it and I didn't even know, right? Or if it's a no, it means like, okay, for sure they don't want. That's a hard no. If it's a maybe, yeah, yeah. it's kind of like, oh, okay, so you're still curious. So what would kind of 
of make you go to a yes. So maybe like if slapping is a maybe for one person, then it'd be like, oh, okay, well, how can we make it into a yes? And then so maybe the other person would be like, I don't know, like maybe don't slap my face, maybe slap my butt cheeks. You know, who yeah. knows? Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, please yeah. be specific about stuff like that. You don't want it to turn into a unfortunate situation. Hence boundaries, <laughs> hence consent. Yeah. Like dirty talking, like um, sometimes dirty talking can be really hard, but sometimes there are some words that could be triggering because mm. the word like slut or you're my whore, it could yeah. be triggering to the other person and they make they would be like super turned off by it. But they don't say anything about it, right? So um, yeah, so the list will help, but also really being yeah. able to communicate your triggers. Yeah. yeah. And like, it's mm. as simple as just asking, like, and that just opens up, you know, to like endless possibilities. But I also find that like, sometimes when, even like when you do ask and like, there are situations where the other person just, like, they don't even know because they've just never thought it was like a possibility to like, explore more than like what it is. Um, and so if you feel like, oh, like, I don't know what I like, or I don't know what um, feels good for me, then now's your chance to go explore that, go find that out, like, you don't have to do that with your partner, you can do that on your own, and, like, figure out what you like, explore yourself, experiment with yourself, and see where you go, and then eventually, if and when you're comfortable, you can bring your partner in with that. Yeah. yeah. That's why masturbation is very important. Self-exploration, making love to yourself is very important, because it's your training mm-hmm. ground. So a lot of the yeah, times yeah. when we think of masturbation, we think about like rub one out and just go away. And I do that all the time, ever since I was young. And then I was mm-hmm. introduced to this concept of like masturbation and self-exploration as a training ground for you to kind of understand what you like sexually, which part of your body that you like being touched. And then mm-hmm. I kind of got into this whole mindful masturbation. So really mm-hmm. mindfully like, okay, how do I touch myself that day? How do I, do I use two fingers, one fingers when I rub myself? Do I do counterclockwise, clockwise? Mm-hmm up and down um heart pressure less pressure do i like my nipples a certain way and then from Mm -hmm. that i kind of realized that like the outside of my vaginal um my vaginal uh, outside my vagina the door the entrance to my vagina (laughs) around it is super sensitive it has a lot of it has a lot of um nerve endings there Mm. Because all this while, I've been so focused on just my clitoris. And when I started kind of exploring different parts of my vulva, realized that, oh, actually, my vaginal opening is pretty sensitive. And now I know. Mm. And my nipples are like, yeah, I don't like it to be touched a certain way, but I like it this way. Um, Yeah, yeah. yeah. masturbation, training ground. Yeah. Go get trained, y'all. I 100% agree. (laughs) I I feel like, especially, I think it's so important. I was, I don't know whether I was talking to Shia about this or my friends, but... Or like my other friends, but I like I think people may not you may not have to like masturbate in terms of like you know trying to reach an orgasm, but I think like being masturbatory is important, like just touching yourself, like knowing where in your body feels good. Like I feel like I do that all the time. I'm constantly touching my bum. I'm like, this is a great ass, these are great boobs. Like I love like I love like sometimes I'm just lying down in my bed and I have like my arms in front of me and I'm just like like caress like caressing I'm like this feels so nice this is so relaxing and so I know that like that's a way that like someone else can touch me and like that feels good that way and like you're right it's just it's really important to be able to explore the body babes we spoke about that in the podcast 
Yeah, we did. We did. I know. I was like, I really feel like I've said this before, but I'm here to remind you, touch your damn butts, okay? Touch your body. It's nice. <laughs> yeah. You know, even touching, like even touching, um, like your partner touching your hand. Because I remember this one time, this, uh, some, this person that I was seeing, he was just like, we were just sitting on the sofa. And we didn't do anything. We could never kiss or anything. We just chill in the sofa. And he's on the sofa. And then he started like kind of kind of having his fingers and running through my fingers and just going through my palm and really like really intertwining with my fingers. And I was just like, it was really turning me on. And I'm like, you're not even doing it. Just listening. listening to you. I know. I I'm know. like, I feel like I haven't been touched before. <laughs> Shia. Really going on fingers going around my whole arm and going on my thighs. You know, <laughs> yeah. See, so even voices are very powerful, right? Like voices. That's yeah. why I'm like so into voices. Um, <laughs> I, a friend of mine who has such a nice voice. We were joking how we we should open like a room, um, on, on Clubhouse and just talk about like t- read erotica with our voices. And I'm just. Can you wait for me, please, to get on Clubhouse? <laughs> I'm waiting for because I'm also an Android, so like I'm waiting for it to be on my phone because the iPad is kind of like lagging sometimes. So mm. <laughs> once, because now to be honest, it's kind of dying. Um, yeah, yeah. kind of dying. So once Android yeah, yeah. users come in, it's going to like be exciting again. <laughs> but, yeah. So, um, voices, touches. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what are some of like? Do you have any? questions that have been really bizarre or truly shocked you that have been asked to you um not well not so much questions but like requests mm-hmm. um which kind of pissed me off a bit so like um yeah requests to like have me watch them have sex and tell yeah i saw that on your story yeah, i was like we saw that. <laughs> lord yeah, so i was like I mean, in retrospect, it's kind of funny, but that time I was really pissed off. Yeah, like so, so people like asking me, like, "Hey," because I, I told, I told them, like, book a session with me, right? If you want to do something, you want me to talk to you, book a session. And then they were just like, "Oh, okay, yeah, sure, we'll book a session, but make sure, like, you know, you see us have sex and you make sure our sex yeah. is good after that." I was like, "That's not my responsibility, bro." Um, and uh and people just sharing their experiences about how they like kind of doing some decision kinky things so it's my like i feel like i've heard different different things so yeah yeah it's mostly like just guys also kind of like saying hi can i send you a picture of my penis because i want you to know if it's normal size mm. or if it's mm. healthy and i'm like no dude go to the doctor for that yeah <laughs> yeah that's the most, most weird extent that i've had People be weird, man. People are just yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like they're comfortable because I talk about sex. They're like, let's just be perverts with this woman. Yeah. What are your What are your biggest um, sexual health tips that you have? <sighs> biggest sexual health tips. Um, I guess it's mostly for men. Um, is to sort of, I think. To, to understand that, like, I think there's a lot of, like, insecurity in terms of men for their performance and for their size. And to know that statistically there's, like, a lot of issue with men thinking that their penises are smaller than usual, but it's actually average size. And understanding that, you know, it's not about the tools. <laughs> it's not about what you have, but really about 
how you are as a lover because you can have the biggest penis, but you know, it might not, you, you may have the biggest penis, but doesn't mean that you're a very good lover. It's not really a sexual health thing, um, but it's more like a performance thing, more of an insecurity, anxiety sort of thing. And for women, I feel it's about understanding the different, just understanding your body in the different cycles that you're in, not not to only take care of yourself when you have your period, but understanding that menstrual cycle is the whole one month and that your body changes throughout the month. And then also your cervix changes in different positions. Like sometimes it's too, it's lower, sometimes it's a bit higher. And yeah, meeting the doctor, meeting the gynecologist or doctor for, for men, not when you have a problem, but just constantly checking in, checking up in yourself. Yeah. 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 What's your, yeah, that did. What's your biggest sexual pleasure tip? <sighs> sexual pleasure tip. Um, if you are, this is a tip for anyone who loves penises, is that if you're giving someone a blowjob, their frenulum, which is basically, uh, so like you have the head of the penis, and then just under the head of the penis, behind the penis is a frenulum. It's like a connecting connecting thing between the shaft and the head. So at the back, mm-hmm. um, it's like an un, it's like upside down V, <laughs> if anyone's yeah. imagining. So the frenulum is very, very sensitive for a lot of men, uh, for a lot of penis owners. So like when you're going down on them, not don't just focus so much about like kind of um, choking on your dick or like whatever <laughs> but also like really having your tongue to lick behind the frenulum it's like lick on the frenulum so like it's either like you just kind of hold the penis and then just like put your tongue out and then kind of lick the frenulum or you literally put your the whole head of the penis inside your mouth and then while you do that kind of like have your tongue to lick the frenulum that drives them insane <laughs> Penis owners out there, you're welcome. <laughs> the penis owners love us. Yeah, yeah. Oh, penis owners and also yeah, the lovers. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. And the lovers. Yeah. <laughs> Thank your lovers and you're welcome to owners. <laughs> so that's really cool. And that's based on the research too. Like this, this lady just kind of like had a bunch of people masturbate for her. And then she kind of sees where they would end. When they yeah. when they come, where would they? Yeah, yeah. fascinating. Yeah. It's evidence based, guys. We don't joke around here. <laughs> and don't and then for like vulva owners, if anyone pleasuring vulva owners, when you're kind of fingering her, when you're going down on her, don't change the motion. Yes, don't change the motion. <laughs> <laughs> and then they get super excited when she like. Or like when they start like you know moaning really really hard, and suddenly you're yeah. like make you faster. It's like no, <laughs> lose the orgasm. So don't change the speed, don't change the motion. If you stay, or if they say stay, fucking stay. <laughs> <laughs> the love of God. That is um, a very very good tip. <laughs> yeah, I feel like all valve owners are being seen right now. We're just like yep. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> because of my research so just in case yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, what is the truth i mean it's true <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there hope for malaysia where topics such as this are no longer a taboo or stigmatized what do you do you think so or do you not think so if there is hope i mean there is hope i mean like generally 
I mean, kind of like not just zooming in on Malaysia alone, but like every part of the world, there's always going to be a stigma when it comes to sex and sexuality and pleasure. Um, I remember talking to my friend and who grew up in England. Uh, also, there's a stigma in the US, there's a stigma in the family. So do I, do I feel like there's hope in Malaysia and sort of like talking about these topics without stigma and taboo? I do think, but not the whole general Malaysian population. I feel like... Um, there's going to be a few Malaysians is going to celebrate this thing. And also with sex education, especially for young people, there's a lot of stigma around it. So I think um, if you want to kind of bring sex education in schools and stuff, it's really about the language that we say. So like that's why we don't call it sex education. We call it comprehensive sexuality education. And really packaging the whole... Um, really packaging the whole topic or the education in a way where parents understand what it is because now the stigma or the confusion to sex education is that it teaches kids about having sex but there's so much more to comprehensive sexuality education than just about sex it's about knowing your body it's about what are the proper names of your bodies child grooming how do we avoid child grooming being safe online um mm -hmm. safe unsafe unwanted touches you know what is what is um like you know like trigger warning rape for example right and really standing up to yourself not being afraid teaching boys not to you know not not to disturb girls as opposed to teaching girls to be to be scared you know yeah, yeah. once we have yeah. that in place and once we empower that and we don't have to wait for the ministry of education i think this is one of the topics in the clubhouse room where you know who's responsible would it should it be sex education and society and you know a lot of people were like no it's the government's responsibility mm -hmm. and that's true the government should play a role but we as a society can play a role as well so mm -hmm. you can it's just as simple as doing this podcast with yeah. To, yeah. to talk about sex positive topics um educating people but also like running an instagram page you know going out there and talking about it more talking to your own friends you don't have to have a big platform so yeah these are the things that we as a society can do, as an individual can do, that doesn't require a lot of money. You just need yeah. to make sure you yourself are well educated, that you know what you're talking about, you're confident about what you're talking about, and go out there and spread the news and message. Yeah, yeah. that's a good place to end on it. So what is your message to the world? My message to the world is, it's not your fault. Like whatever that you've gone through, whatever shame that you have, um, because I've also encountered some, you know, people would say like, I want to be sex positive, but there's so much shame. I don't know how to go about it. I have my own trauma and stuff like that. To know that like, I see you, I hear you, I feel you. It's not your fault. Um, and, you know, we just need to sort of together unlearn the the whole the whole. Um, Thing. so yeah like don't be afraid don't be ashamed um unlearn everything that we've been taught and if you ever need someone to to share information uh, to share your stories with or to have a safe space with you know where to go and so you have auntie please to kind of share your stories safe hey. space <laughs> and you also have just explains to do that so multiple yep. different platforms and we're here especially you know, for women and men. So yeah, yeah. yeah. and men, yes, and men, <laughs> and everybody, because we also have yeah. different yeah. types of folks. <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people just assume that we focus a lot on women, that we only care about women, but 
That's not true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really care about you penis holders. I'm here for you. I'm here for yeah. you. Like I want you to enjoy yourself. <laughs> Especially for penis for those who penises. Like I mean, I think culturally there's a lot of pressure around, you know, not don't tell people about your problems. Do we have to be strong? But, mm. you, know, you don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, Thank you so much for joining us. This has been a really, really nice conversation. Yeah. Thank it's you. On a Saturday too. I love talking it about is. sex. So. <laughs> so do we. So do we. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, why we're all here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, don't forget, guys, you can find Jasmine on Instagram at jazzsexplains. That's spelled J-A-S-E-X. P-L-A-I-N-S on Instagram. Also, be sure to listen to her podcast called I Wish Someone Told Me. There's some really, really cool episodes there with some really diverse people. Um, So you should definitely check it out. Available on all podcast streaming platforms. Um, All these details, of course, will be in the show notes. Do follow us at Auntie Please on Instagram. Shaya is at Shaya5 and I am at Natasha J. Lama and we'll see you next time. Bye! Bye!